success for me is going to look very different than success for somebody else. So why am I going to work and put myself in this social um, microcosm or whatever you want to call it of, of what that's supposed to look like when, when that's not what I really want. So I think that if you start with passion and purpose, defining what success looks like for you, the rest just kind of works. And I don't think enough people do that. You're listening to Filtered Perceptions, a podcast that unravels our complicated perceptions about success and achievement by sharing unfiltered stories of growth and grace. My name is Siobhan John, and join me as I go behind the scenes of the social media highlight reels of creatives, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share honest and relatable truths about self-care, resilience, and creating a life that feels great for you instead of one that looks great to others. Let's start the show. Ambition and well-being are often at odds, but Tamika G shows women that it's possible to have both. In this episode of Filtered Perceptions, I welcome Tamika G, a certified personal trainer and the co-founder of the Whole Experience Retreat. Now, Tamika took inspiring and radical steps to transform her life, and now she helps women to do the same. As a full-time digital nomad who has visited over 40 countries around the world, Tamika and I talk about how she emerged from a period of heartbreak and over $50,000 in debt to living abroad as the founder of a successful business that originated as a side hustle. Now, a quick look at Tamika's Instagram will show a stunning highlight reel of beautiful countries, fitness retreats, and her own inspiring weight loss journey. So in our conversation, we talk about Tamika's story, we unravel perceptions of what it's like to be a woman of color abroad, some of her self-care practices, and what it really takes to create a life that you love. Hello, Tamika, and welcome to the Filtered Perceptions podcast. How are you? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So I'm really excited to connect with you today to talk a lot about the work that you're doing in the world and more specifically the story and the uh, you have a really interesting path to how you have been able to live abroad, but more importantly, like live a lifestyle that you're really passionate about and helping other people to do the same. So um been following you for several different years and it's been great to see just how you've been able to integrate and make health the center of what you do. So for folks who may not know you, like just from looking online, we've seen that you've been living abroad, you have a really amazing personal training and online business and you have a wellness retreat. But before that, you were living in Canada and you were working full time. So what was kind of the catalyst for the lifestyle changes that you made to get you to the point that you are right now? Yeah, so it's, it's so funny. When I first read that question, I thought, you know, my whole story started out of heartache <laughs> and it's really tragic. But I was one of the lucky ones that turned tragedy into an awesome opportunity. So I was going through a divorce um, and I was one of those folks that, was married really young. So by age 27, I was going through a divorce and just really lost um, financially, lost spiritually and on my path, just didn't really know where I was or who I was in the world without this, this man in my life. So an opportunity came up at work to 
like get a six month assignment abroad. So I took it. Um, admittedly, now I know that I took it because I was trying to run away from my problems and <laughs> while simultaneously trying to get out of debt because the money was good. It was a bit of a strategic approach as well. I definitely was seeking out something to get out of debt quicker because I knew that that financial burden was just holding me back. So started off as a six-month assignment abroad um, with my company, uh, and the rest is history. I started working for that company. The six-month assignment turned into a three-year full-time position, and I was working full-time for that company in Hong Kong. And through that, I just started seeing, I started traveling and seeing the world and seeing the opportunity, releasing myself of stuff and clutter and things that, materialistic things that I find the Western world is really into. And started really experiencing true joy, joy through travel and experiences. And health has always been a part of my life. So after those three years abroad, I started realizing I want more. And I was able to quit that job and continue this travel journey on my own. And kind of at the same time, do the, the online business and build an empire for myself. That's amazing and really courageous. Like, as you mentioned before, that like you had a lot going on in your life at the time, but just making that big decision to move to a country, a continent that you, I think you'd never been to Hong Kong before when you yeah, moved it. <laughs> I literally never even visited. I'd been to Japan um, throughout university on a, like a two week vacation. Wow. Um, and then I guess, yeah, eight years later, my second return to Asia was when I moved there for a six-month assignment. Oh, my goodness. So how was that experience just like moving to a place where you don't speak the language um, and also just being like a woman of color, a black woman? Like how was that experience or transition like when you first moved to Hong Kong? Did you find it challenging or like how did you adapt? It's so funny because most people probably have a very different experience than I did. I loved it because I was coming from such heartache and Everybody knew my business. I was still had a bit of a social media presence. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm not pictured with my husband anymore. And people that came to my wedding kind of, it was like very aware that I wasn't in a relationship on my online presence. And it was just being in a place where nobody spoke the language and nobody knew me was actually really welcoming because I just wasn't ready to confront the heartache and the situation that I was in. So I think for many people who move to a new place, you know, willingly and with a positive and open mindset um, and really with a really eager attitude to kind of do it, probably is a very different experience than somebody who's like essentially running away. And that's what I did. Um, and I didn't know that at the time, of course, I had no idea. But now it's very clear to me that's what I did. So I welcomed the unknown. I welcomed not knowing anybody. I welcomed being in a place where I didn't know the language and could just be with myself and my thoughts. Um, being a black woman abroad was difficult once I kind of started getting really into living abroad, especially past the first kind of three to six month um, honeymoon stage and things started to really sink in. Like I don't have my hair products. I don't have yes. <laughs> my makeup. I was really into makeup back then and I couldn't find my complexion anywhere. Um, but I had a really strong community of it was an intimate community, a small community, but it was a strong community of black women around me in Hong Kong. So that was awesome. That's great. That's great. And I'm glad that you mentioned that there is a honeymoon phase, because um, I think that leads into my next question about uh, the fact that right now you live abroad, you travel extensively. And I think from the outside, folks might see your life now and just see, well, wow, Tamika's in Bali now and she's in Hong Kong and she's doing these retreats and like they see the glamorous side of um, travel and living abroad. But 
What do you feel are some of maybe the biggest misconceptions that folks might have even about your life today? And from you, from a personal perspective, like what is sort of the challenging parts of of living abroad and uh, just having an online business and being able to run that full time? Yeah, I think there are a lot of misconceptions. So the first one is that, like you said, it's all glitz and glamour. It's really not. I mean, I part of my day is producing content. So yes, you'll see beautiful photos and me on beaches, but that's actually a part of my job and people don't realize that. Um, so, you know, while I love to just, I'd love for most of my photos to just be me naturally <laughs> beautiful, dolled up and on a beach posed up in a beautiful bikini. Like that's not the reality. The reality is I went there for a shoot. Um, so really long days and a lot of work. And a lot of the work is making beautiful content for everybody to kind of experience and enjoy. And then ultimately getting my, my message out there, which is what I use as my, my channel. Um, it's a little isolating at times uh, because especially being home this last summer helped me realize really, you know, what community and strength and extremely close bonds are. And I didn't realize how much I didn't have that, especially since I've been nomading for the last year. When I was in Hong Kong, I definitely had a strong and solid and secured community. As a nomad, people are up and going and moving around all the time. So you make a connection with somebody and everything's great. And then that person is pulled to move somewhere new. And that relationship is essentially now virtual. So working online, you're also behind a screen. So you're alone a lot. Um, so it's a very isolating and lonely journey at times, but that's also coupled with just so much self-discovery and self-actualization and realization. You have so much time to be with yourself, love yourself. I just love going on dates alone. <laughs> um, and I've, I've seen more value than, than, than like the negative sides of things, but they're definitely there. It's a lonely journey. Um, and it's exhausting constantly having to put yourself out there and be in front of the the screen all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it coupled with the fact that folks kind of have their own perceptions of different things um, can also make that probably challenging as well too. And and like as you said, that you the work that you do, it is part of your job <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> produce the content, to produce all the workouts that you do. And it's not just, hey, I'm having fun and living my life on the beach. Like this is part of how you sustain your business as well. Exactly. So as you mentioned before, like uh, you're home right now, having a little bit of a break with family back in Canada. And like that has been very rejuvenating for you. Um, But you're heading back on the road. So and I think the one thing that you mentioned is that um, living abroad and and traveling and being nomadic, it can get lonely at at times. So um, what are some of the things that you do from a self-care perspective, kind of to support your mental health or just your own self-care while living abroad. Yeah, there, and that's one of the things I think if anybody's taking, looking to, to take on this journey on like in their own personal lives, you have to actively um, create a routine for yourself. So for me, from a social perspective, I'm an extreme extrovert. So to tell an extrovert that they're going to be a nomad living alone and working from their computer is a hard um, thing to, to swallow. So regular phone calls, like I have Thursday night phone calls with one friend, Monday morning phone calls with another friend, Saturday night phone calls with my mom. So those regularly scheduled phone calls with kind of your day ones is really important to kind of keep things engaging, especially for those extroverts that want to be a nomad. Um, 
for me, a morning routine is extremely important because I just sets the tone of the day and just focuses on my mental health, which is really, really important for me. So that starts with meditation, followed by some positive affirmations, followed by um, reading usually a developmental book that kind of helps me put things in perspective. I often go to the gym. Um, I'm a yoga beginner, but really I appreciate the practice and I stretch quite a bit. I get regular massages. I just kind of have a routine and in my routine and in my calendar is self-care, probably an hour to two hours dedicated a day of self-care to myself. And that can just come in so many different forms. That's great. Yeah. So I want to switch gears right now and talk a little bit about um, your journey of creating your business, because you've been very open about the fact that you worked full-time and that you started uh, your online brand while you were still working full-time, so kind of taking the side hustle path. Um, So wanted to talk a little bit about like what advice maybe you'd have for other aspiring entrepreneurs or even solar travelers on like the approach, like maybe to talk a little bit about the approach that you took to be able to transition from side hustle to now doing this full-time and maybe for any advice for folks who might be thinking like, hey, I would love to be able to do that or be able to travel abroad. Like what really is the steps and, and requirements that um, that you have to put in from a work perspective to make that happen? Because I think sometimes it gets very simplified. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, hey, <laughs> I could just quit my job and go on the beach and that's not the case. And that's exactly why I've been personally so transparent. Um, I think that when I was kind of looking and Googling and researching how to do this, there was nothing out there. And it was frustrating me because people were just showing their end result, but nobody was showing the path. So very happy to walk you through what worked for me. For me, it was all about getting out of debt and getting into a financially healthy state. Um, I just, coming from, you know, lower to middle class growing um, upbringing and in, in our community, it's just filled with debt, credit cards, trying to floss, trying to be seen, trying to like live up to these social norms. So I really had to break myself from that mentality. So a lot of like uh, the minimalists are one of the biggest inspirations for me that kind of got me on this thought of what what really brings you value and joy. And Dave Ramsey and a lot of finance, Tony Robbins is great as well. A lot of these financial gurus out there, the focus on how to get out of debt um, and how to, you know, live a meaningful life essentially with less. So I had to really get into that mentality to get out of debt and to focus on saving money. Because for me, I'm a risk, I'm not risk, I'm not a risk taker, I'm risk adverse. So for me, it was really important to hone in on my financial health and get to a place where I could do this and not have to worry about money. Because for me, it's never been about the money when it comes to my passion. It's always been about how can I produce, create, and offer what I believe is my passion and purpose to this world without having to focus on how do I pay this? It all started with my mindset and changing that. So I started there. I started with a budget and I focused on how I'm going to get out of debt. Moving to Hong Kong was great for me because of low taxes. And it was a bit of a strategic move staying there. As much as I love the travel, like staying there strategically made the most sense because I could make great money and not pay a lot of taxes. So I started getting, I started paying down my debt. I started simplifying my life hugely, stopped doing my nails, figured out how to do my own hair, stopped spending money on clothes, focused on travel because that brought me joy, but lived really simply. I probably lived in a studio. I lived in a studio walk-up for two years um, and it was small. I think it was 300 square feet, 
all these things to kind of get out of debt and get myself back in the green. So when I did that whilst in Hong Kong, I also had my side hustle because I was always a, I was always into health. I lost a lot of weight um, about 12 years ago. I lost 100 pounds. And since then, I've just become a super big promoter of health and wellness and became a personal trainer. So when I moved to Hong Kong, a lot of my clients moved online because this virtual training thing was becoming really popular at the time. So providing virtual support to people. So while I'm in Hong Kong, paying off my debt, living extremely humbly and frugally, I was still maintaining my side hustle of online training. Then I got out of debt. And when most people get out of debt, they start to you know, level up. They start to upgrade, move into bigger homes, start buying things. And I still continue to live, live frugally because I had this bigger dream of removing myself from corporate and pursuing my passions full time. So now I had all of this disposable income that I was once putting towards that, I started putting into savings and I saved, saved, saved. I saved so much money to the point where when I was ready to quit my job, I didn't feel like I had had to make money from my from this new focus on my passion. It was really just about, at the very beginning, it was all about passion. I was creating videos, content. I was doing all of this stuff, writing every week, blog posts. I was sending out newsletters. I was doing all these things without having this underlying buy this, do this, because I literally just wanted to produce content and do what I loved and travel. So it was a matter of, and I'm kind of going in a bit of, I'm probably going all over the place, but I'm hoping that it makes sense that it started off with changing the mentality of, and, and essentially getting out of debt, saving a lot of money, being extremely patient. And once I was able to do all of that, I was able to just focus on my passion and purpose and my gift. And I, I, I worked hard and now I'm at a place about a year and a half later where now it's starting to be obviously revenue driven and mm-hmm. there's definitely some profits in there and stuff. But at the beginning, it all started with just passion and purpose. And I think I was able to do that because I was able to approach this with a financially sound mind. Yeah, that's great. And I love the fact that you mentioned the importance of just keeping the financial aspect kind of top of mind because I think a lot of times folks uh, kind of overlook that piece of that if you're going to be doing your business full time or even traveling um, with a nomadic lifestyle like the money aspect is important (laughs) and you have to be strategic and I and that it seems as if um, from your story which is really inspiring is that you'd mentioned that paying off the debt was important but then after paying off that debt you still um, didn't go, you know, live your best life and be like, Hey, I, I have no debt now. Let me just upgrade everything. You still were like focused on playing the long game of like really focusing on that goal and ensuring that you kept the the momentum of what you'd started. Exactly. And I think a lot of people think they just want to pick up and be a nomad tomorrow. Like a lot, a lot of people don't realize that for many of us, especially those of us that look at this long term, and I don't see myself personally ever going back to corporate. So um, when I look at this in the long haul, it took preparation. It took me three or four years. I didn't just pick up and decide to want to do this. It was a strategic, like you said, and very methodical approach to figure out how I'm going to sustain this long term. Um, if you want to just take a year off and travel and have a gap year, that's a very it would be a very different approach, I think. Um, but in my case specifically, where I knew I wanted to kind of build this empire and do it um, stress free, <laughs> this, this was my approach. You wrote a really great blog post, which also outlines kind of the strategic approach that you've taken to um, 
move and transition from when you worked in corporate to how your life is right now. And I think it was entitled how you've created a life you no longer want to take a vacation from, which I love that title. So what's next for you in terms of your goals now that you've sort of achieved that big milestone? um, What are you looking forward to either in the coming year or just in terms of um, now that you've achieved the fact that you're living a life that you're really inspired by and um, a life of purpose and fulfillment, how, what is the next evolution for you? And what are something, maybe things that you're excited or looking forward to in your life or business? Yeah, so there's, it's funny, my, my birthday is next week. So I've been doing a lot of reflection on what I want my 32nd year to look like. Um, and of course, I'm going to continue to build my businesses because I think that's, that's where my passion truly lies. But a huge part of my focus these next this next year specifically is going to be focused on fun. I haven't had yeah, I haven't had nearly enough fun because as you can tell from the last few years, it's been all about planning. Mm-hmm. It's been about strategy. It's been about being methodical. And I think it's necessary. And while I've had fun over the last year, I'm still building a business. So I work really long hours and I do um I do I, I put a lot of focus into what I do. And this year is going to be my year of yes, my year of fun and my year of just being in being in the present, continuing on my spiritual journey and just having a lot of fun and taking advantage of this life I've created. Amazing. Well, happy early birthday. <laughs> and I love the fact that uh, fun and exploration is going to be uh, a part of your journey going forward. I think it's so important and something that I think we tend to overlook in the path of just creating an amazing life and it's great that you're bringing that back to the forefront so excited to see how that unfolds for you i'm excited too i think life happens and i know a lot of people reference and use the metaphor of seasons and i couldn't agree more Mm -hmm. i'm just ready for my light season my fun season (laughs) amazing so With that, before we transition to our next segment, um, what is maybe one thing that you would love everyone or our listeners to know about success and more importantly, taking care of themselves? It's funny, since coming back home, one of the things I just want to kind of scream from the top of my lungs at like the top of the CN Tower is like, define what success means for you. It's so interesting moving from a nomadic entrepreneurial community coming back to kind of the Western world and seeing how so many people are just living based off of social norms and what society says is supposed to be right. It's actually alarming. It's way more apparent now because of the lifestyle I'm coming from and living a year in Bali with a bunch of hippies uh, to, to this. It's just very, I would just say with anybody kind of on their own path, you have to define your own level of success and what that means for you. Because success looks different for everybody. I realize that I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't desire to own millions and own cars and homes. So why am I going to put 20 hours uh, a day into my work? I don't need to. I can put a good three, four hours into my day, make it extremely deliberate and intentional work, and then go by the beach and swim because I love simple, I love simplicity. So success for me is going to look very different than success for somebody else. So why am I going to work and put myself in this social um, microcosm or whatever you want to call it of of what that's supposed to look like when, when that's not what I really want? So I think that if you start with passion and purpose, defining what success looks like for you, the rest just kind of works. And I don't think enough people do that. Amazing and very well said. 
So just let's transition into our next segment, which I like to call unfiltered chat. So it's just a series of quick lightning round questions. Just first thing that comes to mind for you. So now I guess that you're in a season of reflection with your birthday coming up. My first question is, is if you could give yourself one piece of advice to your younger self, what would that be? I would tell myself that everything's going to be okay. I think we magnify our situations when we're younger to like this, it's the end of the world mentality. But as you get older, you just realize it's nothing but a blip in your memory and everything's going to be okay in the end all is well. I love that. What is one book or podcast that you're enjoying right now? Oh gosh, there's so many. Can I say more than one? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it really depends on what I'm craving. So if I need like I'm all about this balance and some days I work hard, some days I just don't. Um, but if I need like a kick in the butt, Gary V is my like, mm-hmm. my <laughs> scary mentor that I need like to work hard and never stop working. So it depends. So if I'm having a really lazy few days, that I need to kick in the butt. That's what I go to. If I'm having a lost day and I need a spiritual like nudge, Oprah, super, super soul is one of my go-to's. If I feel like I'm letting consumerism and materialistic ways of living consume me, especially when I come to North America, I pop in the minimalists because they always tumble me and bring me back to what I feel like is most important in life. Um, If I'm needing a financial kick in the butt because I'm overspending one month because I want to do everything in a country I'm in, I'll listen to a Dave Ramsey or Tony Robbins. I find that Tony Robbins, although he's kind of a life coach, I find his financial stuff much more appealing to me personally because I think he he's, he, he speaks it in a way that makes sense and resonates. Um, so those are kind of my go-tos, uh, love side hustle pro. And I just want to kind of get ideas on how people are approaching their thing, um, and their businesses. Um, and those are my podcasts. I'm more of a podcast girl. I do read quite a bit, but I do prefer reading like history and historical fiction. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that. So I don't necessarily read much self-help or developmental books. Great. That's like a really great, well-rounded list in history <laughs> areas. I love that. It just depends on what I need. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So outside of your accomplishments and titles, what is something that you wish everyone knew about you that they may not already know? Well, that's good. Um, outside of my accomplishments and titles. I mean, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people don't realize that like I'm super down to earth and I'm just like your, your girl from the block. Like literally, I don't have a lot of people, I think because of my social media presence and and how I maybe come across, which is something I probably need to work on. Um, you know, they don't think that I'm super approachable and, and I don't think people realize how real I am. So I'll often get messages that, oh, you know, I saw you in the gym, but I didn't want to say hi, or I saw you in the gym, but I didn't want to and I'm just like you have no idea like how humble my beginnings are and how humble I still am um so I don't think people realize realize how real I am and I would love for that message to get out more amazing okay next question is what is something that you struggle or maybe that is you find challenging that people think comes easy to you Oh gosh, the health journey. <laughs> I think so. For the, I haven't really spoken much about what I actually do, which is really helping to inspire people through health and wellness. Um, people think that when you're a health motivator, um, it's just 
it comes second nature, like pulling myself out of bed every morning, going to the gym or going to exercise or eating healthy and not having that piece of cake is way harder. And that that struggle doesn't end. It's a constant journey and constant check-ins. And people, when I do these challenges and stuff online, a lot of times it's more so for me <laughs> because <laughs> I need to be held accountable. And by putting myself out there, I'm held accountable. So I think that's easily the biggest misconception. Yes, it's sometimes the things that like we're known for, the things that we also have to work the hardest on for ourselves. Absolutely. Okay, second last question is, complete the sentence, the legacy I want to leave is? Or it could be how do I, you want to be remembered by? Yeah, I want to be remembered as somebody who's constantly motivating, inspiring, and connecting with people on health, wellness, and living your best life. Love that. And my last question is, what is bringing you joy right now? Right now, my family and friends so much. Like I'm, well, I'm so excited to get back on the road because I definitely feel like the walls are closing in and I'm a natural explorer. I'm just loving being grounded. So if you happen to be listening to this and have the beauty and joy of having your family and friends around you always just give them an extra big tight hug this week because it is a blessing being home these last three months and just having people at my disposal that know me through and through that's something I haven't experienced in four years so that is so precious and amazing to have wonderful and on that note I think we'll end here thank you so much Tamika for uh, sharing your story with us and such sharing some amazing wisdom about just creating a life that you never don't want to take a vacation from and just finding happiness on your terms. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. What would your life look like if you focused on passion and purpose? Tamika is an inspiring example of what happens when you not only ask yourself, what if, but take action to make who you want to become a reality. I hope that today's episode inspires you to pursue what you desire with passion and purpose and realize that the life you desire is within reach with a bit of hard work and a willingness to embrace the unknown. Now to help you get started, here are this week's reflection questions inspired by today's episode. Now, question number one is, is there something that you would like to learn or do, but you've been putting it off or resisting? If so, what is it and why? Question number two, when you think of the person that you aspire to be, what do you see? What does this person do, feel like, and act? And question number three, what is one thing that you can do to bring that vision of that person that you want to become to a reality? Now, I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you were inspired by today's conversation, I would love if you took a moment to share this episode with a friend and to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast and to rate and review. Your reviews really help us get in front of new listeners and help us to continue to tell stories that go behind the highlight reels to unravel perceptions of what it means to be successful. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.